We all communicate every day at home, at work, at school, at play. And some of our communications are more significant than others when it's our job to communicate in a professional setting, and especially when those communications are happening in a highly regulated industry. A lot is on the line and you still need to connect with an audience, make sure that the right message gets to the right person at the right time, but the stakes are high. In today's episode of Copper State of Mind, we're going to meet someone who deals with those kind of complex issues. And our host, of course, is Abby Fink, Vice President and General Manager of HMA Public Relations here in Phoenix, Arizona. Abby, what's on your mind? Well, I got a lot on my mind today. Seems like there's been so much going on in terms of communicating and discussing and debating and arguing and such. And so it's been, you know, we've been really having some interesting conversations with our colleagues and our clients about, you know, when to communicate with so much news happening around, so certainly here in the state, around the country, um, things are happening on a regular basis. And yet we have to operate as normally as we can, but pay attention to things that are happening around us. And so, you know, in typical fashion, there's always some new challenges that we're all, you know, we're all faced with. But there are certain, you know, industries and certain businesses that, you know, not only have to pay attention to what's happening, you know, in our communities and in in the business world, but they are within an, an industry that is regulated and has a lot of rules and guidelines in terms of what they can and can't do and what they can and can't say. So I thought it would be really interesting in our series of In the House With to have a conversation with uh, someone that is involved in an industry like that and oversees marketing and communications for that organization. So I've invited Jackie Yoder to join us today. She is the Chief Operating Officer with Wild Wealth Management and really has... I think a real interesting background in that she comes from the financial services business. That's where her knowledge and expertise is. But she also oversees the operations of the organization and its communications and marketing and new business development and such. So I thought we'd have a conversation today about what that looks like. So Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, before we get started, if you could just do a little bit more of a introduction and share a little bit about your background and, and how you came to this role as Chief Operating Officer and what that looks like within Wild Wealth Management. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me today. Um, It's obviously such a pleasure to speak with you and we love working with you all the time. Um, Definitely my my background started in um, accounting and then I transitioned over into the financial industries world. I was an advisor at one point and then I was presented with the uh, amazing opportunity to work here at Wild Wealth um, with Trevor, was introduced to him. Um, He had a need for filling his CEO position. And it has been um, a very fun little whirlwind ever since then. So the financial services business, I think for most of us is that, you know, it's our investments, it's our retirement planning. And at least for me personally, I I think of it as it's a it's very much a relationship business, but you tend to know someone or someone recommends someone or makes a referral But there really is a lot to have to do in order to position yourself, you know, as as a knowledge expert, as a as a leader, in order to attract 
you know, a particular type of clientele. And certainly your advisors are good at what they do in that realm. But, you know, marketing may not be their first passion. And so that's really left up sort of to the administrative team to be able to do that. So what does it look like to, you know, go out and sort of, you know, raise your hand and say, hey, look at us, come bring your money over here? Well, I think it's kind of twofold for us. Um, you know, the the business model we have built has really been that holistic approach, right? Where you don't just come here thinking you're going to invest your money. We partner with people that are right here in the office with us, you know, which includes a CPA and a state attorney, college planning and health insurance. At the end of the day, um, those all kind of intertwine with your finances. And so that's really important for us uh, to give our clients that, um, you know, top service, I guess you would say. And with that, you know, that is a lot around of what we kind of market and put out there of when you come to see us and you have all these questions, um, we're going to have, if we can't help you, we're going to have someone that can help you. And so really getting that messaging out to people, they they really like that approach that we have. Um, it makes them feel comfortable and safe, obviously, when they come and meet with Trevor and he says, hey, you know, you, you really need to do your estate plan. And we have the estate attorney right here that makes them feel comfortable and safe and, you know, they don't have to go anywhere else. Jackie, all those various disciplines and topics that you mentioned have within them, at least to the untrained uh, client, so much complexity, so much confusion, so much concern. You know, there's doubt. College planning, for example, is a topic that can really be overwhelming for families, let alone estate planning. And what do I do with my 401k as I'm approaching? Should I take the early retirement offer or should I stay? You know, all of these things. And that relationship that you are speaking to is so important. Once you have it, it's very easy to guide your clients to your advisors and your trusted partners, the, that holistic team. How do you get to the point of having that relationship? Take us from, you know, someone's out there who needs six of the 30 things that your team can offer how do they get to know Wild Wealth Management? Is Do you rely on personalities? Do you rely on content marketing on these topics? Kind of walk us through that mix. I mean, I would say it's both. I mean, at this point in the game, there's a lot of, you know, referrals that we get, right? But also that marketing. So kind of like you stated, um, just we do a lot of events um, where people can come and just meet us and meet the advisors, meet who they're comfortable with, get that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, kind of approach to it. Uh, but the overall just marketing of it as well. We have advisors that specialize in different areas, right? Um, there's some advisors that they know more about the 401k side and that's the side they love, right? And so we have those different areas, those different advisors. And at the end of the day, what makes it really nice too is being able to kind of, you know, some of the different approaches is we have different advisors that will do, um, you know, media opportunities and all of that. And when people see them on TV, you naturally gravitate to certain people, right? You're like, wow, I really like how that guy spoke or um, so there's something to be said about being able to keep your face out there and have that, you know, that people see them and really hear how they talk and speak and if that, you know, rings true to them and how they feel. 
So much of what you do, um, and you've used the word a couple of times, advisor, right? It's a it's a lot about, um, you know, counseling and advising and making recommendations and understanding what the individual's needs are and, you know, what their needs are today, what they're capable of now and what their future looks like. But there are also guidelines in terms of what you can and can't do from a public perspective, right? You can, you can't here in this platform say, I need you to buy this or sell that. Um, but which, which you do when you have a contractual relationship with, with your clients. And so what does, you know, we mentioned this highly regulated industry. And so there are guidelines that come that are, that, you must work within when you talk about your your marketing strategy. It's not just about standing up there and, and talking about particular stocks and bonds. You have to talk about, um, gen- generally speaking, those types of things. But what goes into kind of thinking about um, not so much the, 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 the who that's going to deliver that message, but how you develop what those messages are that, that allows you to say what you need to say, bring the personality of the firm forward but still fall within the guidelines that your industry has set for you. I know for, you know, for me, whenever we have those opportunities to be able to speak on a certain subject, right, I'm always looking for, um, you know, the advisor that I feel would be most comfortable even speaking on that subject. And then um, kind of like you said, we do have to be very careful about what we say. Um, And so I would say we we go on the line sometimes um, because you do want to get that messaging across to people. But we've kind of come down with a science of um, being able to really touch on the subject. Um, But like you said, not really give a specific here's how which way you should go type of situation. Um, So we give enough so that they um, can get the information they need and then a lot of times uh, that piques their interest and they want to learn more and then they reach out and end up setting up a meeting. So um, it is a fine line, uh, but that is a lot of times whenever people, they want to talk to you because they want to know more. Do you have goals for your team or are they are they required to participate in the marketing efforts? Is that a, a personal choice? Is it a company function or an individual advisor function? How, how is it structured? I definitely cannot get all of my advisors to go on camera. There are some that just, that is not their thing and that's okay. Um, and so there are others that absolutely love it and they're comfortable with it and they really want, they really want to help people. And so they're Definitely fine with any time, you know, I reach out and say, hey, do you want to do this opportunity? And they're like, absolutely. And how is it structured within your uh, within your organization? Uh, do you have a team in-house? Do you uh, outsource all of your marketing functions? And then by, I guess, by definition, what do you think about, you know, what is marketing within your structure? You know, talk about events and other, and, you know, news articles and interviews and things, but there's other things that are more direct business to business or business communication that you might be also doing. Yeah. So we obviously have a a different avenues regarding our marketing. Um, Obviously the PR side of everything is a big piece that we do. And then we have our, um, our marketing team that's in-house. 
And their focus a lot is about um, making sure that we're getting those communications out to clients. So we send, you know, weekly emails. So they have market updates on that. And when the market is extremely volatile, we're communicating with our clients even more to kind of help keep that at bay. Um, And then obviously we do just regular webinars that are informational for our clients. And then we also um, were huge on working with different charities. And so we're always um, sending out stuff to get clients involved, even if they want to donate goods to the charity we're working with, whatever that looks like. Um, And then some of it's also very... uh, I guess, I guess you would say maybe kind of more organic in the sense of, you know, Trevor has been on the Forbes and the Barons list as number one, number two in the last couple of years. Um, and that's kind of, you know, people will literally call in wanting to have, you know, meetings with him strictly because they saw him on those, um, on those lists for winning those awards. So those are kind of our bigger approaches, I would say, um, in how we market overall. And how big is your team? Um, so we are up to, what, around 38 advisors at this point. So uh, we are currently, we have uh, six locations in Arizona. We're in New Mexico, California, and then the state of Indiana. And your marketing team is how big? Oh, sorry. My marketing team, I now have uh, three. uh, Three of the girls are on my marketing team right now. And they are responsible then for doing the work in all of the locations or for all the locations that you're And are they all um, in office individuals or do you have a remote workplace or they all reside within the, the four walls of Wild Wealth? We are all in office. Um, I would say I'm definitely a fan of having everyone in office. It was uh, a very weird experience during COVID when Noma was here. So they are all here. Um, and those three are all here in the Scottsdale location with me. Yeah, we've we've talked a few episodes of Copper State of Mind around the remote workplace and the 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 pros and the cons of of doing that. And I think that you could, I think depending on the day, you could probably find reason for, for it and reasons against it, depending on what was happening. But um, I think when uh, the, the creativity a lot of times is benefits from having, you know, everyone in one place or at least connected in, in whether it's through technology or such. So I'd like to um, kind of move that from that idea of, you know, having your team in-house, then thinking about the types of things that you do, you know, what what makes sense then for you to bring in others to assist you on your communications and marketing efforts and things, you know, graphic designers, photographers, things like that, video production, you know, there may be other things that you're doing. Certainly are, are as a consumer of online webinars and things, our, our expectation now is experiential, you know, if we're going to be interacting in an online space, it's no longer just a static PowerPoint that we, you know, we're willing to work with. We want to have some more creativity. So what kinds of things do you, you know, do you bring in outside sources for? So a lot of like the, you know, the webinars and stuff like that, we keep in-house right now, kind of like we spoke about earlier, we have a lot of restrictions, compliance, and it's really hard for us to outsource that. Um 
at one point, I do hope we can get there. Um, but then when it comes to, you know, any PR work, anything like that, like we're going to outsource that. Obviously, there's going to be people that know a lot more than we know um, and have a lot more experience to help us through that. Um, and so it's kind of a mixed bag, I guess you would say, regarding marketing on that. Jackie, if you had what no one in your position ever has, which is an unlimited budget with all the time and the resources that you need. Which of the different work areas for marketing, communications, business development, would you double, triple, quadruple down on? In other words, what are the areas that, you know, I mean, because look, a lot of the things that we all do are more like hygiene. Like maybe we have to have a social media presence. So we do put some minimal attention to it unless that is the primary driver of new business, in which case we would go all in on it. So I know that there's different areas between email marketing and events and charity work and webinars and podcasts and video production, all the things, right? Which are the ones that if you could run with them, you would? I think for me, I would put more into the PR side on a more national level, just because of the growth that we want to kind of do the next couple of years, that would be a big one for us. Um, And then another one I would love to just put all the money into is doing more. I I feel maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, more video type uh, marketing. I feel like that's the way the world is going Everyone wants to watch a video. They don't want to, they don't even want to read our emails if I had to guess, you know, uh, <laughs> it's just kind of the makeup of it. And um, this sounds maybe kind of cheesy. I don't know. Uh, but we are currently, because of our compliance, we're not even allowed to use TikTok. And I feel like our industry is always looked at as so boring. And I would just love to do so much more creative, fun things um, in that in that kind of space, I guess you would say. Well, I think that's an evolution, right? You know, you I think you, I can remember working in in with other, you know, industries, financial services being one of them in the early days of my career. And it was pretty much, you know, sending out a news release. Or, you know, there would be an ad in the business journal and it would have so many disclaimers in it that there was very little information about the organization itself by the time you got through all the small print. And of course, that's evolved. And as the industry has changed or or just recognizing that that's not going to cut it any longer. And I think there's others, you know, other industries have, have seen similar changes. The legal industry certainly has um, also evolved in terms of what it allows itself to do. And I think you're right. And it's it's a lot of changing culture to get to that as well. It's it's recognizing, you know, there's there's certainly the industry, you know, standards, but your workplace, the people that are part of your advisory team are using these things as part of their daily life and they are engaged in it personally and, and comfortable with it. The clientele that you are working with are going to very soon all have be digital natives, right? The, the age, you know, where there's that, that age group is slowly becoming, you know, the dominant. And so if, if as marketing professionals, we don't adjust to where our audiences are, you know, we won't break through that clutter and they'll, they will find other ways to do it. And I think to your point about video, 
you know, we all, it, we don't have the patience anymore to, to read lengthy articles or, I mean, I don't even think we use instruction sheets anymore when we have to put something together. We go back, you know, we go onto YouTube and we find the three minutes to tell us how to, you know, build an engine in our car. But, um, but we just don't have the patience anymore to, you know, to do that. And we know that at our fingertips, we can find this information in a different way. And so as communications folks, we have to, you know, be able to adjust ourselves and, you know, make those changes. Our clients and our customers are going to demand that they do that, right? So in that counseling role, you know, we have to, we have to counsel ourselves to make sure that we're, you know, that we're adjusting to doing that. So on that lines, you know, where, where else, what does the future look like in your industry? You know, what, what kinds of things might we expect to see or how do we kind of force the change to happen so we start to see a little bit more of that? Well, I will say um, I literally just had a meeting last week with our um, some people in our marketing compliance or with our broker dealer. And I was very pleasantly surprised to learn that there's um, I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's called Bomb Bomb. But basically, you can make a video to, and send it. It's like an email video, right? Personalized video. Yeah. And so I was really happy to hear that we are actually allowed to use that. And so I think for for me, I'm going to definitely be implementing in our 2023 uh, schedule with marketing, using things like that more. Um, I get very excited when they tell me I'm allowed to use these new gadgets. And so I really am hoping to move us more into, you know, that newer platform of the videos and whatever that looks like. Um and kind of hopefully be able to spruce things up a little bit in this industry. Obviously, I'll use my disclosures still. Don't worry. So, <laughs> Well, and you hinted at this. Uh, so I, I want to say this because I think I can. I'm not in your industry and I'm not even specifically talking about your firm. But having worked with a lot of different firms, there really is a tension in many cases, not in any one specific case, between the firm's leadership and what they're comfortable with what they feel would be well within the guidelines and then upstream decision makers, whether they're in marketing compliance or with a broker dealer or with other folks who have found for decades, it's simply easier to say no than to work through the, the specific details as these things evolve. So I really am hopeful that as those upstream gatekeepers that really are the ones enforcing this. We can't say anything. We can't do anything. We can't TikTok anything. Um, that's a grossly unfair generalization. And I take full responsibility for it personally. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that they will start to realize that all of the advisors who are using them for specific aspects of their financial services are really feeling limited in doing that. I, I really do think there is a lot of ways to stay compliant. But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what Adrian thinks. <laughs> That's really where this has to get worked out is in those internal conversations with folks who have till now had the last word on it. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm hoping we can incorporate some of this newer stuff and, and not make finance so stuffy going forward. <laughs> if this conversation was taking place even five years ago, and maybe we wouldn't have been doing it as a podcast, but we would have probably been talking about some things then that, you know, we're, we're doing now that seemed very avant-garde and very progressive. And now it's kind of, you know, routine types of things. And so to me, the, the real, you know, bottom line in this is that, that as 
you know, as those that are responsible for marketing and and raising awareness and and enhancing and maintaining our reputation, we have to be looking at the future and paying attention to what's happening and really evaluating what is available to us and figuring out what makes the best sense for our business and the businesses and individuals that we're trying to attract. And not everything will work for all, but, you know, for all of us, but there are certainly some, some new and innovative, by our definition, new and innovative things that we can be doing that, you know, change the way that our, our industries are being perceived and the way that people come into our particular businesses. And that only serves to benefit all of us, right? When we think differently a little bit about what we're doing. So to me, the bottom line in this is that, you know, the, the, the role continues to evolve for communications and marketing folks and that we have to be knowledgeable about the business that we're in, but also about the the work that we do and from within the clientele that we serve and recognizing that and moving those types of conversations forward is how we will evolve and eventually, you know, change the way um, our industries are looked at and the way that people come to find our particular businesses. Yeah, I agree. 